School looks different these days during the coronavirus pandemic. For example, step into the office of Baldwin Superintendent Sherry Cammy. It's just my husband and myself. He has the office. I have the, um, the island in the kitchen. I have my laptop. I have all of my paper. I've got my sewing machine. <laughs> I've got huh. everything sitting here. The sewing machine is to make masks. The rest is to run a school district of almost 5,000 students. Uh, five elementary schools, a middle school, a high school, and uh, a, a, another high school, which is four students, um, where a school of 1,600 students is just too large. Cammie spent a lot of her career working with education technology, including at Baldwin. Now, technology has been put to the test as the district moved to distance learning. Even with preparation, it's not easy. Some of the things that, that people don't realize and, and, and um, think and didn't necessarily think about, and by people I mean all of us, mm-hmm. um, you know, in any given household, uh, there may be, there might be one computer and there might be three, um, three young people that are, you know, still in school. And so mm-hmm. it becomes an issue of, you know, how do I share this one computer? And if mom and dad are both working and they have, you know, now you're sharing one computer across five people. This is episode 15 of Life Under Coronavirus, an oral history of how Long Islanders are living with and helping each other through the pandemic. One aspect of civic life that's been totally changed and has an effect on so many people is education. Cammie has tried some new approaches in the Baldwin schools to keep kids engaged, even while they're at home. We've gone as far as um, in our elementary schools to do a particular science experiment. Um, We mailed home to every single fourth grade uh, student a particular uh, science device that they needed to be able to do some um, environmental work. Then there are tech tools like Google Classroom and more. We were using things like Edpuzzle and Voices um, Digital, uh, which is more of a language platform, Um, Pear Deck, which is an interactive presentation tool, Um, Flocabulary and Explain Everything, which is another um, online presentation platform. Part of the plan is to be flexible, give kids options for when to tune in, almost like college. I might offer... Um, an algebra lesson a couple times um, a day or a few times a week. And as a student, you attend which one um, you can attend. So I I would say more um, similar to sort of college life, I think, than Hmm. traditional high school life. That could be a good thing and prepare kids for public and independent life, Cammy says. But there are equity issues. Um, That's not to, you know, ignore the fact that there are a lot of families are struggling out there. There's definitely some equity issues out there of um, families that don't have computers at all. Um, we spent a good amount of time at the very beginning of the closure um, giving out computers to people who did not have them. We identified who that was about two weeks in advance because we kind of saw this coming. Um, yeah, how many computers did you give out? We gave out about 500 computers. Um, the requests that we got um, after the fact were really um, we were families where there was one computer and they recognized that one computer was not going to be enough for multiple, mm-hmm. you know, multiple students in a home. The setup can be challenging for Baldwin's most vulnerable students. Some of our, our um, 
um, most vulnerable populations. I think this is really challenging for some of our most um, disabled young people. I think this is really tough. Um, I think it's tough for um, some of our um, higher poverty families. I think it's tough for some of the ENL families, the English as New Learner families. Um, I know that it's tough for everybody because, you know, if you're in an elementary school, I mean, there's nothing but love and affection, right? It's tough to be love and affectionate through a computer. To see the situation from the other side of the desk, we checked in with a Baldwin teacher. My name is Kayla Plotke. I teach at Baldwin uh, Senior High School. I am the gen ed teacher, the general education teacher in the ninth grade social studies inclusion classes. Plotke is not just doing live lecturing. I've been recording myself and posting it to Google Classroom for students to you know, view at their own time. And the content is the same for all five classes. Um, so they're all learning the same thing. And then I do smaller, you know, synchronous learning activities, whether it's a one-on-one -on -one session or like an office hours, extra help or small groups to review and reinforce that content at, you know, more of a time that works for my students because they have eight other classes who are all assigning work. Right now she's on the Islamic Empire and the Mongols. Some very relevant topics are popping up. When we talked about the Islamic Empire and we talked about their golden age and their development of uh, hospitals and learning about quarantines, we talked about how does that connect to what's happening today. Next week, or right after the Crusades, um, we talk about the plague and we're going to have the same kind of conversation about how are these similar, how are they different, how can we connect you know, what you're experiencing in your life right now back to the study of quarantining in hospitals in the Islamic Empire and to the how people reacted to the plague during the Middle Ages. It's not all easy. Some students aren't submitting work or they're having trouble connecting to the website and Plaki has to help. Or the students who, you know, one of the biggest concerns that we have and I guess challenges that we face is that we see students who aren't submitting much work at all. So getting like a hold of their parents and finding out that, you know, they have a parent who's a first responder or they have uh, a parent or a relative who's been sick. And so really, I guess one of the biggest challenges is really not knowing what's going on with all of our students because you really have to take this time and teach with compassion and rigor. Then there was her own technological situation. Well, the main issue that I had was my laptop broke last <laughs> Wednesday. Um, Luckily, I was able to get it all sorted out, shipped it off to Apple, Apple fixed it, I got it back yesterday, so it wasn't too long of a time without it. She may do with a phone, an iPad, and help from a co-teacher, but she was glad to get the laptop back. Got my laptop back, and everything is fine now, but that was really the only tech problem that I had, I've been having, is the lack of the laptop, because that is what my whole day is centered around now. It took some time to sort of get into the right routine for this laptop-centric teaching a form of teaching that basically can be 24-7. I've definitely created a routine for myself in which I, you know, start work at 8 in the morning, which is when I become available to students to message me, and then I end my work day at 5 to try and maintain that, that balance between getting all my work for school done and trying to, you know, maintain a little bit of normalcy in the craziness that is COVID-19. Right. Is it hard to, uh, you know, get that kind of work-life balance? Like, are you able to check out at five? 
It took me. I'm still working on it. Um, it definitely it's not as easy as just, you know, shutting my laptop. Everything's connected to my phone. So, you know, if I have a student who's working on an assignment at 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night and they have a question, that's when they're sending it to me. So I get, you know, I get the notification that there's a message at, you know, all hours of the night. So for the first few weeks, it really was, you know, stressful trying to feel like I'm meeting the needs of my students by immediately responding to their questions and then realizing that I had to, you know, figure out how to make this maintainable over the long term. So right. I've definitely gotten better, but it's def- there are still days that, you know, I, am, I cave and I answer messages late at night. This distance learning might be just the first challenge compared with what's coming, with expected cuts to education funding due to the pandemic. Here's Superintendent Cammie again. Yeah, that's going to be tragic. That's what it's going to be. I asked where cuts would come from. Cammie said she wasn't sure. The truth of the matter is um, that in our budget, for example, 80% of our budget is salaries, whether they're teachers or administrators or coaches or food Mm -hmm. service workers or custodians. Um, You know, we are in the business of people. We're a service industry. And so, um, you know, if you're talking about steep costs, ultimately, there there will be ultimately no way um, not to touch that. Um, but we are going to do our best to make sure that um, that is the last place that we go um, because we recognize that um, because we are a service industry and we're in the business of people and children, um, that is in many respects the worst place to go. Those staff are certainly in the middle of the fight now, trying to keep this distance learning experiment afloat. Plocky told us she'd recently sent a message to dozens of students saying, how are you doing? Everything Okay. And so we were able, we're definitely able to make sure that all of our students have been reached, have been, we've been connecting with them because we don't want them to feel like they've, you know, been forgotten because all we do is think about them. Thanks for listening to Life Under Coronavirus. If you know of someone we should be covering or you want to share your own experience about coronavirus in New York, leave us a voicemail with your name and phone number at 631-213-1543. That's 631-213-1543 with your message to the Opinion Department's Life Under Coronavirus podcast. We may use your message as the basis for a future episode. Amanda Ficina is our producer. And once again, I'm Mark Chisano from Newsday Opinion. Stay healthy. See you next time.